Thank you, Taylor. That was a beautiful song. And thank you, Adel. That was a great dedication. You know, the Lord is amazing again. It happens every time. When Adel asked me to do this, it probably took 15, 16 days. I have no topic. I'm stressed, stressed, stressed. No topic. Then I get a topic, and this topic he gave me today fits in with that dedication and our service to the Lord and the song, too. It just fits perfect how that works almost every time. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this this dedication service. We pray for these little ones that they would uh, just grow up in the church and uh, follow godly examples and uh, live a life for you. And just pray for this word now. May it uh, just touch hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so I'm calling this uh, No Retirement from Christian Service. You know, and when you go through life as we age, sometimes we're unable to do things that we could do before. I played uh, team tennis for like 15 years, just loved it, played it three times a week. And then my shoulder went out and my back went out. You must, a lot of people know that feeling, and I couldn't do that anymore. So I had to turn the page from tennis. Now I play bad golf. And I walk and swim and uh, ride a bike, and it's much easier on the body. And after a 30-year career in law enforcement, safely retired, thank God, from that career, and I turn the page on that and all the things that are associated with uh, police work, as did our brother John Dickinson in the back. He was a sheriff's deputy for many years, and Mike was a, you know, firefighter for many years. We left the public safety realm, and now we're all here today. Uh, and in your, your workplace, many of you uh, go from different jobs. I know many people in here have one job and another and another. You just turn the page on the old one. And at the police department, huge job, huge talk was always about retirement. Cops love to talk about retirement. What formula, how much you're going to get, the benefits, when can I retire, what am I going to do after, where am I going to live? Unfortunately, some of them are so wrapped up in police work that when they retire, it's all about everything they've done in the past and they don't do well in retirement. Uh, but Christianity is just the opposite of that. Um, like the opposite of the world's workplace in Christianity Service starts as soon as you are saved. You start a career in a regular job. You figure out how long you're going to work there and this and that with 401ks and such, and then you retire. But once we're saved, that is the beginning. We're not going to retire at any point from this, this Christian service. And it tells us how to start that in Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So it's like a, a three-part deal. You put off the old self and all its corruption and sin, have a new attitude, a new mind, a Christ-like mind, and put on the new self. 
and righteous self, and that, that is a blessing. We turn the page from our old self and forget about it and look forward to our new, our new life with Christ, a brand new life created by God. As I said, no retirement from Christian service. Many people here today are uh, well into their retirement years, but they're all serving. Um, they have not stopped serving. And no, no Christian is too young to start. If you go upstairs after this, you'll see a bunch of young men vacuuming. And that's a great place to start. These ones we dedicated today, in a few years, Lord willing, they'll be, they'll be doing the same thing. Remember Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. I'm right here, Lord. Samuel started when he was a very, when he was a child in the temple he was serving. And Abraham, what Jenny talked about the other day, he was a very old man, and he served his, his whole, all, in all his older years. See how the Lord works. I got this right here. Start a youth out on his way. Even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. It's the one Adel used today. Even if somebody's limited in uh, disability or they can't do what they used to do, um, you can always pray, share the word, and be a good example you know, to be uh, continue to serve. And there's no moving on from Christ to try. You've heard some people say, I'll try Jesus. Just try Jesus. That was a horrible commercial. There's none of that. There's nothing else we can move on to. This is the best life. Um, and when we're saved, we can serve him. And he works in us to do his will, which pleases him. Psalm 92, 12 and 14 says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. You've all seen limbs that are green. You could bend them like a bow. They won't, they won't snap. They'll spring back to life. They're full of sap. They're moist, and they produce fruit. Everything in the Bible from the old self is dry, kindling, will snap. They refer to us as grass that withers and just blows away, or like a vapor. Look at some of these people, how long they served. You know, we've seen Ten Commandments. It wasn't like that. Uh, in Exodus 7.7, 7, it says, Moses was 80, and Aaron, 83, when they spoke to Pharaoh. It wasn't Charlton Heston in a big muscular build. Uh, Joshua, which we talked about a few weeks ago, he served all those years, taking him through Canaan. And he died at the age of 110. So you people that are in the 70, oh, I'm almost 70. We can keep serving for a long time. Um, and we're going to continue serving till the rapture, or the Lord takes us home before that occurs. And there are so many benefits from serving Christ. No turning the page. And here is the main chunk of Scripture that uh, the Lord put on my heart. It's in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 16. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on 
toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. And this is the key verse, 16. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Four points. Forget what's behind, strain to go forward, um, and live up to what we have already attained. Here's Paul taking his new life in Christ vigorously. He completely forgot about our old life. That haunts me, and it might you, some of the sins that we did. You can't, you can't, you can't forget them, and it's haunting to think about some of the things you did before you were saved. And he strains towards the goal, which is Christ. When you think about straining, I think about the Olympics and the weightlifters. They have so much weight, and they're just grimacing and grunting. And if they lift that thing up, it, it just drops like. And they are so happy if they complete the lift. It's a complete maximum effort. The same thing with the marathons. Those guys run so long and so far. It's 26 miles, and they fall down like 10 feet beyond the finish. They're so tired. That, that is straining. I'm sure, Adel, you remember Monica Sellis. She was number one in the world in tennis for a few years, and she, she, uh, she every time she hit the tennis ball, she had an annoying grunt, and uh, it was pretty annoying. But you screech through the whole stadium. So she was given a maximum effort. So Paul, with that effort, and he did not stop with salvation. He didn't call it a day. He didn't go into like a new creation retirement. He embraces his new life and says he takes hold of it. And that's what we like to see. We don't, some people, you can, there's a lot of people that said there are Christians, maybe as a rubber stamp, go to heaven, but we don't know. But that's not the kind of Christianity that Paul is talking about. And earlier in this chapter, if you read it, he speaks of growing his faith and his relationship with Christ and becoming more Christ-like, and he wants to give it all up for him. Forgetting his past, which often haunts us, he looked forward to suffering, and we know that he suffered immensely to suffer for Christ's sake and suffer as Christ suffered. He's totally sold out, and he's all in for Christ. And then he talks about the anticipation of reaching the goal, which is eternity in heaven with Christ. Christ is the prize. It's not his walk. It's not like going down Main Street at Disneyland and looking, meandering around and going here and there. He had a focused goal, looking at Christ, focusing on Christ, pressing ahead. And when he says press ahead, that tells you right off that it's like a battle. If you press ahead, that means you're having setbacks, roadblocks, or difficulties. You never say press ahead when you're just walking along, but when you have to press ahead, you're having difficulties. And as we know, Paul had plenty of those, but the stress is to keep going because God has called him, and he called each of us today. Uh, he's called every saved person, not just to get saved, but to serve, continue growing in faith, 
strengthen our prayer life, our relationship to him, and our walk. And he says this to all believers, not just a few. And this is important too. In that one verse, he says, if, you, if anybody disagrees with this, I mean, they didn't have the New Testament and every, all the resources that we have, the commentaries. And some people might have been confused, but he says, if you disagree with this, the Lord will give you, um, get you over this. And it's good for us to seek counsel if we're having a, a, a problem with a verse in Scripture, to seek counsel so we can get on the right footing again and not get led astray, which is easy to do nowadays. He says all believers should be like-minded. Believe as he believed and what he believed. He was teaching the, the true word of God. And that verse 16 let us live up to what we have already attained. And what, the, what that said about that is they were attained somewhere and they can serve from that level. We don't have to, uh, have to turn into Billy Graham to serve. We can serve when we're saved. We, serve, we have continue to grow later. There's no sense to wait for years and years and say, well, I'll serve when I get older. I'm too busy now. He says, serve now. And he says, live up to what we have already obtained. Be useful servants with the years we have left. We don't know how many years we have left. As Rick said in the memory class, the world is going south. It's circling the drain. Every day is a horrible headline. Let's take advantage of the years we have left to serve. In Hebrews 13, 20 and 21, it says, Now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good, everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us with what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So if we don't need to know everything, he's going to equip us to do, to serve him and to share the word. Nobody is finished. I, I mean, Adel has said this before. He's not a finished Christian. You never get finished. He's, he's always going to keep going with us. Um, <clears throat> Philippians 2.12, I don't know if we have this version. It was the New Living Translation. Dear friends, you always followed my instruction when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. It says work hard to show the results of your salvation. It does say work hard to obtain salvation. When we're saved, we work for the Lord, and that is the evidence that we are saved when we can show the fruit. Uh, and who wrote many of these letters, these verses in these letters? It was Paul, right? And he was no spring chicken either. He says in Philemon 9, Yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. So he's calling himself an old man too. So there's nobody that can say, I'm old, too old to do this. And like the word says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Time is short. 
I really like what's going on in our church now. We see people joining all kinds of ministries. We see many young people in the worship team, new singers, new men and women giving the word on Wednesday meeting, and new men speaking on Sunday. And it's a blessing to hear different men. Uh, Rick is doing a great job in the scripture memory class. We have new school teachers and school teachers' aides, which is great. And in the hospital, not leaving anybody out, I don't think. And the hospitality service, the cleaning ministry, the harvest festival, even picnics, we're seeing new people step up and just doing, doing a great work. So as Taylor sang, we're going to continue to serve as she sang for the cause of Christ. And C.S. Lewis said, this is a good one, the world might stop in 10 minutes. Meanwhile, we are to go on doing our duty. The great thing is to be found at one's post as a child of God, living each day as though it was our last, planning as though our world might last another 100 years. Amen? What a blessing. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this word, Lord. We thank you for the example of Paul teaching us how to serve and taking hold of our salvation and serving you. And we thank you, as she sang, for the cause of Christ. That is why we do it. You did so much for us. And just a, just a late prayer here for Sylvia, Lord, going through so much praying. We pray for her that she would, they could just tamp down this infection and the fever. Just to pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.